Our text is from the epistle reading, 1 Thessalonians, these words, For you are all children of light, children of the day. So our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it has been said, it has been said that all stories, that every story which has ever been told in the history of mankind has one of just two plots. The first plot, a stranger comes to town. The second, a man goes on a journey. Now an example of that second plot of a man going on a journey, a person going on a journey is obviously the Wizard of Oz, right? There, and I'm talking about the movie here, Dorothy Gale of Kansas finds herself whisked away from her farm to the wonderful land of Oz, a land, although amazingly spectacular, is not a place where Dorothy wishes to stay. So she must undertake a journey, journey down the yellow brick road to see the Wizard of Oz in the Emerald City, who will know, will know how. Dorothy can get back to Kansas along the way to the city. Following that yellow brick road, Dorothy meets a scarecrow, decides to go along with her to Oz to get a brain. A lion also joins their party, hoping to receive some courage, and also a tin woodsman in order to get a heart. You all know this. And you know that when they get to Oz, they're sent on yet another journey to earn the things they want by retrieving the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West. They accomplish that, of course. Sorry, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched The Wizard of Oz. And upon a triumphal return to uh, the Emerald City are told something stunning. They are told that all that Dorothy had to do all along to get back to Kansas was click her heels together. And as it turned out, the scarecrow had always had a brain, the lion courage, and the tin woodsman a heart. They just didn't realize it. Well, even as a kid, I was somewhat taken back by that conclusion For I thought, even when I was six, what a waste of time. What a waste of energy. What a risk for for what those four characters wanted to have they already had. So why the suspense, the needless danger, the perilous journey? What happened to Dorothy in the Land of Oz and the Scarecrow and the Tins Woodsman and the Lion? It's the same thing that happens to many modern Christians Christians who believe, who are told that they themselves must go on a journey of some sort to figure out when Jesus is going to come back on the last day. What that journey involves is hours and hours and hours of intensive study of the book of Revelation, usually for some sort of fee, in order to determine for themselves the exact moment of Christ's return. It's a bit of information the day, the hour, the moment of Christ's return that is indeed shrouded in mystery. 
And yet what the Holy Spirit tells us in our text for this morning is, well, in modern terms, we got this. We got this last day journey. Why? Because we're not children of the night. We're not people in the dark. That is, people who live in ignorance about the return of Christ. But we are in Christ children of the day, children of the light. That means people who have been enlightened by the Holy Spirit via the Word of God. And being enlightened, we know that Christ can return at any moment, at any time, instantly. So in order to be prepared for his return, it's not a matter of going on an intellectual journey to figure out the exact moment in time when it will occur, but of ascertaining whether or not we have faith. Faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as our Savior from sin and from, from death and the devil and from the final judgment. We have faith in Christ when he returns, we will be all set for that return. We'll be good to go. We'll be ready. So the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins, the oil and the lamps of that parable being faith itself, faith in Christ. The wise virgins were prepared for Christ's return with hearts full of faith. The foolish had run out. And upon Christ's return would have no time to acquire any. No time. Now, as children of light, we know this, and that's enough. It's enough to keep us from day to day to day in these end times as we await for Christ's return. That is why faith, along with love, is described as a breastplate, a chest protector, body armor, we could say. Now, have you ever thought of faith in Christ in that way? That faith, faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior from sin and death and the devil is in fact the body armor that you use every day to protect yourself as you live in this world? Ever thought that? How's that even supposed to work? Is it simply the idea that the Lord is with us from moment to moment to moment in these end times so we need not be afraid? Well, well, well it is that but more, much, much more. It's a, it's a different way of looking at things with minds of faith captive to Christ. So in Philippians we read, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's Christian faith, faith created within us by the Holy Spirit, which would cause us in these end times not to think about the lies and half-truths we hear every day, the dishonorable actions and behaviors, the injustices, the impurities, the hatreds, the embarrassing situations, the failures, and all sorts of things worthy of scorn. Of course, if we turn on the news, that's about all we see, right? So how can we not think about such things? And if we don't catch wind of such things on the news, all that we need to do is watch a show on television and almost instantly we're confronted by something which offends. 
something sinful, something even demonic. In short, we seem to be under a constant barrage of, any, of anything but things that are true, things that are honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. And yet, the Holy Spirit would that we seek out such things, if not to experience them, to think about them, to keep our minds at peace. So that's how faith in Christ works like armor, like body armor in these end times. That's how it works. And we could mention again the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control of, Je- of Galatians 5, reminding ourselves that these fruits of the Spirit are not dependent upon the times and situations that we find ourselves in, but they should be present within us in our hearts always when we're surrounded by hate and sadness, and conflict, and impatience, and meanness, and evil, and faithlessness, and anger, and a complete lack of self-control. You know, it won't surprise you to hear this. I don't play many video games. Well, I don't play any at all. Well, one time, one time I played one a while back with my boys, uh, a racing game of sorts. Um, Crash Vandacoot or something like that? You boys can correct me after the service. And we were racing against each other on a split screen, and there was this button I could push, a, a triangle or a square or a circle or something that would give my car a force field. Instantly a force field that would protect me from all the things around me on the strange-looking racetrack we were driving around. Maybe if you've seen your kids or grandkids or great-grandkids playing such a game. It's an interesting thing, that force field, shielding the player using it from all those things around it. Well, that's what the Christian faith does, allowing us to see things as they really are in these end times, and so not to be taken in in this way and that and finding ourselves living in fear and terror or even with the thought that if we only knew when Christ was returning, then we could be prepared. Here we need a new mindset, a mindset given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. But it's one which we already possess. One which we already possess. But like Dorothy, like the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodsman and the Lion, we think that we don't. We think that something is needed. So perhaps some soul-searching is in order, soul-searching for the conversations we've had with ourselves where we kind of debate what we have read in the Bible, the Word of God, with what we have read in a popular book or we've seen on television, on one of those shows with the talking heads, or even read in the newspaper. You know the conversations I'm talking about, the ones that end with the idea, well, well, and we're talking with ourselves here. Well, if I went with what Scripture says here, uh, I couldn't be angry about that. If I went with what the scriptures say, I couldn't continue to argue with my brother-in-law, and I like doing that, or remain relevant within the world or to the world. 
Kind of like that conversation that we have about church attendance. If I fully embrace the third commandment, I could never miss church. So I think I'll remain in the dark about what Scripture says there. Well, you're right. Here we can be our own worst enemies, can't we? Morphing slowly over time from being a person ready for the return of Christ at any moment. Our hearts full of faith, our minds set on the things above or or the good things that come from above to a person who has let the world and the realities of the world, the political and social and financial realities, take up residency in our hearts, weakening the faith there or even expelling completely the faith that was once there. Let's not do that. We are creatures of, we are not creatures of the night, but children of the day, enlightened by the Holy Spirit of God. Let's keep awake and be sober, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, when we were baptized in Him, He filled our lamps with oil. And through the preaching of the Word of God, He continues to pour oil into our lamps. And through the reception of the Lord's Supper, He continues to pour and pour and pour and pour. That is to give us faith and to strengthen the faith that we have so that we can live within this world protected by the force field of faith. So always ready for return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the last day. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the offertory.